it's just natural to human instinct to to seek out pleasure, a and seek out things that are comfortable for us. Whether our culture promotes it or not, I think that's just how we are naturally drawn to.、Um, and I think that natural instinct has caused our culture to be more like that. Well, welcome to another episode of Engaging the Generations. I'm Kevin Harper, your host, and I'm here with my co-host Sarah Greenstreet. Hello, I am very excited about this podcast. We've been discussing the whole matter of intergenerational relationships for some time now.、Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the challenges, as well as opportunities, that are present when we step outside our own generational silos? And I'm very excited that we're able to have this conversation with our mutual friend Daniel Kim. Yeah, I am too, and. As you said, you we both know Daniel, but since you've known him a little longer, I'm going to let you have the honors of introducing him to our listeners today. Yeah,、um, we are really excited to have Daniel here this week. I'm especially excited to have another fellow twenties person、um, to chat with to kind of just talk through some of these things, like like、um, Kevin was mentioning. And、um, Daniel, welcome to the podcast. If you'd like to go ahead and introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what you do here in Colorado Springs. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on this podcast. I, my name is Daniel Kim. As you said, I live in Colorado Springs right now, and I am in the creative. I work in the creative field,、uh, making films, videos, and、um, yeah, I love it here. I love Colorado Springs, and I love I love relationships. I love friendships, and、um, I think they're very they're essential to just our life. So. I'm excited to just talk about it. So, Daniel, you're not only involved in the film side of things, but you're also involved in the student ministry side of things. I am. Yeah, I do. I do volunteer at my church.、Um, working, I work with senior guys, senior guys in high school,、um, and that's a lot of fun. Guys like me, right? <laughs> I, I work with y'all too. You guys are great. <laughs> <laughs> All kinds、but、of、yes. seniors. Yeah. All kinds so, of seniors. That's right. So I've been looking forward to this conversation with the two of you. I, I, I appreciate both of you so much and and the work that you're doing. But you know, we've talked before about this whole issue of intergenerational relationships, the culture in which we live in many churches today. In fact, I would say in most churches today、uh, across America、uh, and maybe even North America.、Um, what are some of the issues that you recognize, Daniel? Let's start with you. Some of the issues that you recognize that. That maybe present obstacles to us in in doing life together intergenerationally. Well, first of all, I think that relationships in general are hard,、um, whether that's intergenerational or just with peers or with your families. Relationships are hard because I think we are all just broken people.、Uh, we are good, yet we are broken people. So it just it's not the. I think it's not super easy to just get along with people,、um, and. And I think、uh, people are usually drawn to what they're comfortable,、um, and people are, yeah. And in truth, people are comfortable with what they're familiar with, and I think they're familiar with people、um, around the same age and around the same culture and same background and stuff like that. And、um, no, I I like what you're saying, and I think I like that's such a good point that relationships are hard, and so the easy thing to do is to build relationships with people that you have the most in common with. So like, right, exactly right. You know, our our peers, we do like we know you know social media the same way, or、um, we like the same like similar kind of music or whatever it may be. It's just easier.、Um, right. So I think that that's like a really simple yet really important to notice barrier is that it does take like effort. It does take. 
right. like going out of your comfort zone and being willing to like take a step towards a relationship with someone who's um, experienced life different than you. I think that's a great but you point. Think the culture at large contributes to that, that desire and um, comfort level of just being around people who are like us, both in age and interests and, and whatever those likes might be. Um, does it seem to you that our culture really promotes that kind of thing, uh, whether intentionally or not? Um, it seems like everything is focused in, in one area of interest or one generation or one group of people of some kind. And let's just, I mean, even in, in spite of the talk of diversity, we really are still focused upon those who are like us. Honestly, I, I, I don't know if our culture promotes that, but I think it's just more of, it's just natural to human instinct to, to seek out pleasure, eh? And seek out things that are comfortable for us, whether our culture promotes it or not. I think that's just how we are naturally drawn to. Um, And I think that natural instinct has caused our culture to be more like that. Yeah. Well, I guess I, I guess I was thinking about in some previous generation, say, especially pre World War Two, there was more of a familial culture that existed. Uh, so there was a natural doing life together intergenerationally mm-hmm. at the family level and to some degree, even at the church level, uh, though that began to change uh, pretty rapidly through the 1900s. But um, I, I even remember. So, by the way, I should clarify, I'm not one of the 20 somethings here on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was a, a child, I do remember there was a lot of doing life together intergenerationally in our families. Um, and not to say that that isn't still happening today, but I think it's a lot harder today, particularly once uh, children grow up, nobody stays on the farm anymore. Everybody kind of moves on and does their own thing. So those are some of the challenges. Now, now you translate that into just let's just talk for a moment about the local church. Translate that into the local church. How how has the church done in terms of promoting intergenerational? And you're talking about the big C church, right? Just church in general. Big C church, yes. Okay. In the Western Uh, world, particularly, the church recognizes the need. However. Is it executed well? Like, am I seeing all these communities, all these church communities that are composed of different ages and different lifestyle people? I, I don't know. I, I I can't say for sure if it's being done well, but I would say everybody recognizes the need for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would even say that um, from what I've seen, if you are a person who desires connections with other generations, the church will support you and you can find that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wouldn't say that I've seen a lot of encouragement from the church to participate in those relationships, but then also um, be provided with the, the why, like the reasoning behind it. Like, I think we can, we can all from an outside perspective say, yeah, we can all benefit from relationships with people that are different from us. Sure. But like biblically, why, like what, why, as believers, should we be in relationship with people who are in different generations, who are in different parts of life than us? Um, I wouldn't say that I've necessarily heard that from the church. And it, and I, I would say, yes, the church does, I think, encourage uh, people to, to do that, particularly if they want to. 
I think the better word I'm thinking of, I don't think the church has as much intentionality. I don't think it's that they wouldn't encourage it. It's just that there's not much intentionality because we're so busy building all the different silo interests that exist. Uh, So that's kind of some of the obstacles that are there. But I guess then the larger question, and you asked, is the church teaching us the why? Let me ask the question of the two of you. Do you think most people, and whether your generation or my generation or any of the generations that we may be discussing here today, are actually even thinking about it at all, Um, this intentionality uh, for building relationships outside of our own kind? I will say no. Um, from what I see, people are busy. People already have things in life they prioritize that are not in. I don't. I'm not sure if intergenerational relationships are one of them. Um, speaking for people that are in 20s, you know, they're maybe they're fresh out of school, and once they're out of school, I think one of the first things people would prioritize are figuring out a job, figuring out their job situation, housing situation their uh, relational needs, which which they are seeking. However, I think they usually find those needs met through their friends and friends in the around their age. Um, and a lot of them may be looking for us, looking for um, like lifetime partners, you know, marriage, you know, for in marriage. Um, so I think a lot, oftentimes those things take um, precedent before uh, the intergenerational relationships usually from what I've seen. So let's go back to Sarah's why question. Um, how do we how do we help foster the thinking that needs to take place to answer that question or even to want to ask that question in the first place? Mm. I mean, I have to tell you that, you, you know, as a 20 somethings, you know, the challenges that exist for you to be able to reach out to those who are in my generation. And my generation has the same kind of concerns or fears uh, about reaching to those that are outside of their generations, particularly those that are teenagers or early young adults. Um, There is that challenge that says, you know, that's not comfortable. So the question really is, but why is it important? Why would I want to step out of my comfort zone, no matter where I am on the generation scale or spectrum? I mean, I I can speak for for myself. I I came to know Jesus in college and uh, one of the biggest influences that I had were my mentors in college. And my mentors, um, they instilled in me the need for growth and need for maturing maturing, and spending time in the Word and praying and just becoming more like Jesus. And I'm realizing that in becoming more like Jesus, A, there are people who are further along in that journey, and B, I need wisdom. And I see um, people in different generation, especially older ones, as a great source of wisdom. And um, I'm a firm believer that I become like the people that I spend the most time with. And um, when I see older folks that are um, wiser, they're more like Jesus, um, their character yeah, reflects more that more of Jesus. I want to be more, my desire is to be more like Jesus. So I want to spend more time with them. not necessarily in a, in a selfish, I want to gain this goal way, but more of, um, I think this is what I'm called to do. Um, I'm called to become more like Jesus and spending time with older folks, having those relationships will help me get there. Um, so, and all of those things have been taught to me by my mentors and teachers that I've had, um, especially in my early years and in, in my, my walk. So because, because that was taught to me, I believe in, and I seek it out. Yeah. I think that's spot on Daniel. I think like, 
the relationships that we're supposed to create are supposed to help us grow in spiritual maturity um, in Christ. And so I think that we are often drawn to people who can relate. Like, let's say you're a young parent and learning how to parent in our current public school system probably looks a lot different than it did, you know, 40 years ago. Um, and so I think we are, we want to to talk to people who can relate to our exact same problems. But if you're a follower of Christ and you're growing in your spiritual maturity, that decision-making like funnel that you use should be based off of your relationship with Christ and your maturity in Christ. And so those things can grow depend, like it doesn't matter what the current circumstance is like those, those relationships, those things, that part of our hearts can be strengthened to help us with our current problems. Does that make sense? Like, I think that um, we, we need things to be so specific to exactly what we're going through, but really we can grow in these ideas that really haven't changed from you know, 40 years ago to now and what it looks like to be a follower in Christ hasn't really changed and it won't won't change. Yeah. Truth truth hasn't changed is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I think if people in general, uh, whether in twenties or thirties or whatever, in general, if they were a little bit more intentional about following Jesus, if they um, were, maybe this is, maybe this is not, maybe this is a controversial thing for me to say. I think if people are a little bit more intentional about following Jesus, maybe they will be seeking out relationships outside of um, their just friends in their age. Um, and perhaps that's something that needs to be taught earlier on in their, in their um, um, coming to faith stage or um, the early years of knowing Jesus um, in that process of discipleship. Wow. That's a um, pretty powerful statement. I think Daniel, I mean, you know, it's very convicting, I think, for me to hear something like that said, because that, but I think it's right. I think that's the kind of conviction that needs to come out that says, this isn't just about making friends with people outside our generation so that we can say, hey, I'm cool. Uh, but that we we really are intentional about our walk with Christ. And so that motivates and moves us. I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm just looking, for example, at what David wrote in Psalm 71, he said, since my youth, O God, you have taught me and to this day, I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. I mean, that expresses an intentionality about life from his youth to his old age. It says, I'm all about living the way God wants me to live. And I want the next generations to know the joy and the delight of doing that. Mm. I, I think when you talk about your mentors, Daniel, um, that that's really powerful. I mean, obviously, your walk with the Lord was such that you wanted to grow. And these people that were older than you and had been down the path for a longer time, and you were drawn to them, and I suspect they were drawn to you. And that made this, those relationships work. So yeah, that, nope. that's a that's a great um, that's a great statement for self examination for all of us that you made. But but I mean, but maybe I need to um, maybe I need to correct myself in that um, maybe people need to be made aware that those intergenerational mentors slash friendships um, are um, yeah I, I would say a very very great tool in um in our pursuit of becoming more like jesus and um perhaps i mean if people are not aware that that's the two that you need then people are not going to pursue that right Right. um right so yeah so that kind of goes back to um our 
us our discussion about how leadership maybe needs to um, get behind teaching us, teaching the church uh, about the needs? Well, I think Daniel hit the nail on the head, uh, but don't be misled. The church is not just about the leadership, pastors and elders. It's really about the whole body of Christ where, you know, every part matters. And yes, we do need pastors and elders to teach us about the importance of intergenerational relationships. But we all need to take this seriously, I think, and ask ask ourselves, what does God want us to do? Mm-hmm. In our next segment with Daniel, Sarah and I are going to pursue the question of what. What can we do to make a difference? Yeah, it really is fun and encouraging to hear from someone in their 20s that understands and really values intergenerational relationships. Um, but Daniel was taught this. He was taught that these relationships are important. Hmm. Um, and I wonder if God is asking any of you to take a step out and seek that wisdom or if he's calling you to be a teacher. Yeah, well, whatever that is, be sure to listen to the <laughs> next segment of this conversation with Daniel and Sarah and myself. If you have questions or comments about any of our podcast episodes, we we really want to hear from you, but particularly this conversation. So please contact us at our website, elderquestmen.com slash contact. That's elderquestmen, M-I-N dot com slash, that'd be forward slash contact. Until next time, I'm Kevin Harper. And I'm Sarah Greenstreet, inviting you to join for part two in our conversation with Daniel Kim about ways to intentionally and faithfully commend the mighty works of God and His truth generation to generation. God bless. God bless.